0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B, or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert.
1: Welcome to this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert and with Daniel Stallerson this morning after a tough Pelicans game last night. That final score was 129-99, to so Pelicans looking to move ahead to the games this weekend.
2: Tough was an understatement, I think. It was uh, not what you wanted out of a debut when you had DeMarcus Cousins and Omri Caspi, um, but we also have to keep in mind the Rockets are a very good team, and they hit 23s, and any team that hits 23s is probably going to win, so saw some good things, didn't see some good things, but they still have 24 more to go.
1: Like we were talking before we started this this morning and basically we're preaching patience right now. Like you when you bring in a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, obviously huge talent, but it's going to take time to figure out how he fits into this offense.
2: Absolutely, and he fit in quite well yesterday with 29 points. He almost had what they call a 5 by 5. Mm-hmm. Was one block away from that, but I think it's going to take some adjustment more for the other players and him as well to kind of get acclimated. Drew Holiday struggled a little bit yesterday. I think he was trying to force the ball in to both him and AD a little bit, and I think that produced a problem for him. Uh, And also the guards need to step up and make some shots. Etwan Moore, 2 of 6. Drew Holiday, 3 of 12. Frazier, 1 of 6. You're going to need some help if uh, uh, you want to succeed, especially with the big men combining for 56 points. They counted for uh, almost 70 of your 99 in assist and made baskets. So, um, you liked what you saw at a boogie, but, um, everyone else kind of needed to step it up and it's going to take a little bit of time and they're going to have a practice under their belt today. And then two more games here. You also don't have a lot of time to get acclimated if you want to make the playoffs. But as you mentioned, patience will be key with this team.
1: I did like what I saw from AD kind of taking the role of, like Boogie called them fire and ice, and he really did calm him down during the game. I think that as a Pelicans, if you're a Pelicans fan, that's what you want to see. You want to see AD being willing to step up and tell DeMarcus Cousins when he's going too far, getting him calmed down, because you can't afford to have him getting technicals right now.
2: It was very promising to see that last night, because there was a couple times I thought, okay, Boogie was tangled up. There could have been a double technical, instead of was a double foul, and again, one more Technical from Boogie means a suspension and the Pelicans can't afford to have Boogie suspended anymore right now. So, yes, between AD and Gentry, Gentry sent this press conference, I'll pick up as many technicals as you need. <laughs> don't worry. He also gave him the uh, if you wanted to go run into the tunnel mm-hmm. and kind of let your anger out, go do that. But Boogie was very calm last night. I think he understands that how important he is to this team and that a technical would result in the suspension. But, yeah, I was very impressed with how he kept his cool because some situations, I don't know how he did because they were getting under his skin a little bit.
1: And that's going to be every team's game plan at this point. That's a huge strategy for the opposing team. One of the underrated aspects of this Pelicans-Kings trade that went down was Omri Caspi. Now, he broke his right thumb last night, and that is a tough loss. He broke it on Eric Gordon, ironically, when trying to steal the ball, the former Pelicans. So he'll be out four to six weeks. He posted 12 points last night. He was the only Pelican in double digits besides AD and Boogie. So that's going to be a tough loss. He was really looking promising in this offense.
2: Yeah, the Pelicans need the shooters and this was a guy that wasn't a throw-in to this trade. This was a guy that Dell and Alvin have wanted for a long time, and they ended up getting him again. He was weighed the last time, part of the Oshik deal. This time, they're looking to keep him for good, and then he breaks his thumb uh, in the second half. So a, a tough break for them. And again, four to six weeks is close to the end of the season. So you think maybe they probably can, might try to get some other help, but it was it was nice to see how well he played. Sad to see that he's hurt.
1: So heading into the weekend, the Pelicans will head to Dallas to play Saturday night at 7.30 and at OKC on Sunday. That game will also be on NBA TV, both on Fox Sports New Orleans. Dallas game Saturday night should be interesting, Nerlens Noel making his debut as a Maverick. You also have Yogi Ferrell, who has just been outstanding through his first 10 games with Dallas after going undrafted.
2: Yeah, I was wondering where this Yogi Ferrell was uh, <laughs> for the past few months, but Dallas picked him up at the right time. And you mentioned the Nerlens Noel trade, thought it was a very good trade for Dallas, a piece that they see fit as a long-term piece for them. And uh, as we talked about off the break, I don't think he'll make his debut tonight, but that's another bright side for the Pelicans as the Mavericks are in Minnesota tonight, so Pelicans will have that rest advantage. We'll be in Dallas before even the Mavericks get into town, so it's going to be an interesting game. Both teams, the Mavericks and the Thunder, picked up some big pieces at the deadline, and both teams, Thunder fighting for seating, Mavericks fighting for that eighth spot along with the Pelicans, so tomorrow night's game is a a big one in order to try to bump up uh, to that eighth spot.
1: And Dallas will be without Darren Williams, who they recently waived, who's likely headed to the Cavs. So a different Dallas team that they'll, they'll see Saturday night.
2: You're going to see a, a bunch of these ne- few, next few games for a lot of these teams that made trades. You're going to see a little bit of ups and downs because mm-hmm. you have guys that you're trying to learn how to fit into a system that don't have a lot of playing time, like Oklahoma City. Doug McDermott and Taj Gibson will be newbies, so you're not going to see you're going to see some rust from them. You're going to see some turnovers. So this is a chance for the Pelicans. To take advantage of that but it's also a chance for teams to take advantage of the pelicans you know you have boogie in ad that still haven't figured out how to play with each other yet and uh it should be interesting this weekend that's for sure
1: it is different too when you're bringing in like an outside shooter versus demarcus cousins mm-hmm. who is factoring in as a starter and like one of the key like pon- uh, proponents of your offense so it's a little different when you're just adding shooting versus adding like a, a staple
2: Right, and with I think Gentry was trying to figure out also how much do they play together. There was a Mm -hmm. lot of times where they were staggered. Davis came out, Boogie came in. Boogie came out, Davis came in, which is nice to have that luxury when your top player comes out and another top 10 player comes (laughs) in, but at the same time, you probably want to see a little bit more of how they play together Mm -hmm. because then when you have those two on the court, how do you stop them between both of them going inside, outside, one going in, one going out? Then you have to worry about Drew Holiday. When they find a way and figure out how this can work, they could be very dangerous.
1: You can't double team both of them. No. They're both on the court. There's only five
2: people on the court. <laughs>
1: I mean, you could. Theoretically, It's I a guess, bold strategy, but... but. <laughs> so... Coming up on today's show, first we're going to hear from Daniel Jeremiah. He is going to talk about the NFL Combine. Daniel's an NFL Network Analyst, and Daniel caught up with him earlier this week to preview the Combine. And we'll hear from last night's game, Boogie and AD's thoughts on the game.
3: Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change-A-Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends
4: on individual needs. It's time to win the night with family and friends with your New Orleans Pelicans. New season ticket holders coming on board for the 2017 18 season will get their next three games on us, including free beer and pre game warm up access with the team. This offer is only good through March 3rd, so call 504 525 Hoop or visit Pelicans.com today and win the night.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: So coming off that 129.99 loss last night, obviously turnovers were huge for the Pelicans. They committed 20, which led to 25 Houston points. And like we talked about earlier, when you're putting together new pieces in an offense, that's kind of bound to happen. And Drew Holiday obviously had a tough game looking to find Boogie and 80 in the paint, creating a lot of turnovers there.
2: Yeah, some of the turnovers were from that, but some of them were pretty disappointing. Some of them were just bad passes. Some were trying to force it in, like you mentioned. Some of them were also, they get into the air, and they think they have someone open, and then they don't, and then they the ball just slips out of their hand. It sputters out, and Houston was able to have um, a fast break, and that was a key. Live ball turnovers is something that Alvin Gentry has preached all season long. You turn the ball over, and they're able to take advantage on the fast break. They did, and fast break points last night, 34-16 to 16 in favor of the Rockets, so... As you mentioned, not only did they turn the ball over so much, but the rockets were able to take advantage of them.
1: Yeah, and A.D. and Boogie addressed that last night. They attribute a lot of that to kind of figuring out each other on the floor and commu- learning to communicate better with each other when you're adding all these new pieces in, just how do you communicate both defensively and offensively. They attribute a lot of it to that, and they said this is something that they'll figure out. They're not worried. They weren't. Ex- Boogie said he wasn't expecting to come in and win a championship the first game back. So we're going to listen to what they had to say after last night's game.
3: What was this first one like for you?
5: Um, it was good to get it on the mind get it under the belt get it out of the way um you know it's good to just get back to the basketball finally um I know there's a lot of anticipation coming up to this you know for the city for the fans and for myself as well so you know it, it's good to get the first one under the belt. what uh what do you think the explanation was for some of the turnovers there in the first half um what I've issued what I've mm-hmm. issued has been since we started practice um I think most of the turnovers were because guys were trying to make the right play. But well, it's obvious we're not used to one another. Um, we kind of, you know, catered to one another instead of just playing our own game. Uh, you know, we we talked about it. Uh, you know, we, we kept mentioning it on the bench. But I mean, it's a lot, you know, easier said than done. So uh, I mean, nobody expected us to win. A, well, I didn't expect us to win the championship on our first game. So. Um, you know, um, I, we, we see the potential, we see what we need to work on, um, get a good practice in tomorrow and um, just try to learn from these mistakes.
6: How tough is it to come, you know, have a, the high of the All-Star game and trade and you get here and then, you know, to to kind of come back down to reality with, with, with a game like this tonight? Well, I was
5: never out of reality. Like I said, I didn't expect to come in and, you know, win a championship. Uh, you know, Houston's a very good team, very seasoned team. Uh, they have their identity, and we're trying to find ours right now. So um, it's going to be a process, but gotta uh, go in and work our tails. Off. I think we'll be fine.
4: What did you learn tonight?
5: <laughs> we're not ready. <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> we're not ready. But uh, I mean, like I said, the potential is there. It was, it was some, you know, it was some positives in the game tonight, but you know, also a lot of negatives. So uh, we're going to learn from both.
6: It's it like for Omari, first game
5: to break his thumb. It's unfortunate, man. Uh, my my guy can't catch a break. Um he, he really can't. Um hopefully it's something minor. Um hopefully. Um hopefully it doesn't affect him too much and um you know we can find a way to get him
6: on the floor for we'll need him. It seemed like they were trying to, to goad you into that eighteenth technical tonight, like they were really hitting you pretty hard get used Did- to it.
5: <laughs> That's how most things play.
6: The environment, Thanks.
7: the environment coming in. I know it's probably um, you know disappointing result, but what did you? How did you feel
5: in the big picture about you know just um, welcome here and everything? You know the energy in the building was amazing. Um, you know the crowd was into the game. Uh, it, was, it was basically everything I expected. Um, did we get the results we wanted? No, but um, you know like I said, we're we're gonna take the negatives and positives out of this game, and uh, we're gonna learn from. It.
3: Did you like how you uh, and AD were staggered at first, at times? Say it again? Did you like how you and AD were kind of staggered in terms did of Did I that, like it? Yeah, did it, do you think it played to your strengths and, and worked at all? I don't remember. Really, Say that again? You and AD pretty much were trading off at, at the five to start with uh, uh, after you got, like, five minutes together. Do you feel like that played to your strengths? Do you think that's, effect, like, an effective strategy?
5: Um, I think it's going to be one of the strategies, um, you know 80 and, and myself and also Drew. we can do so many things with the ball i think we're gonna have you know plenty of strategies it's it's just gonna take time um you know it flowed well in the beginning and, and coach even said it before the game it, it's gonna be times when we look great offensive and it's gonna look like complete shit which it did it, it happened tonight so uh it's just gonna be a matter of time like i said it, it's not gonna happen overnight um,
6: Got a lot of work to do. What was that those initial few minutes like for you? Like just the introduction, stepping on the court for the first time, having the play called for you right away. I mean, what was that all like?
5: Well, um, it honestly felt like a regular game for some reason. Like I've been here before. Um, So it was really nothing, you know, new or different for me. um, That first play was just out of the floor of the offense. I mean, Everything is
6: kind of
3: right? Obviously, not the uh, outcome you guys had hoped for. Uh, evaluate this game and what you liked and what, what was giving you problems. I mean, they made
6: a lot of grief, but uh, you're not worried about this game. Uh, first game, so I Did you get a sense of what it's like could you you with you and Boogie? Do you feel like
5: i I mean, it's good to just get back to everybody, not you know. I don't yeah, anticipate it, you know, <laughs> on the outside, I <laughs> don't you know, it's time to put it right. I mean, it's not put it right. We're trying to figure it out on the block. We're going to figure it out. Is there a
6: particular part of
3: the
6: offense that gave you the most trouble tonight? Um, no, I mean, you've got two things that went, like, you know, stuff to y'all where, you know, we want to go. Um, you know, we want to go when We have to screen of roll and uh, shoot. We get confused on whether you know one of these shots pops but this That just comes from not really mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. each other. So mm-hmm. we'll be fine. We figured out. We're coasting uh, coast and practice tomorrow. Um, I mean, you're prepared for a, for a game that that Who do you think was the most difficult part in kind of getting things together in this one and maybe even in the future? Um, I think we just turned the ball over. I mean, that was the, I mean, no matter who we have on the floor, you know, like we have a for the new guys or you know, same guys that we had before. I mean, we just can't turn the ball over. You know, we turn the ball over a lot. They just come from over-dating we're over a lot. Um, we have to play with it's each other, so. That, that's really it for you. That's oh, you know, a little bit fun. We, know why we don't have as many talents. Maybe they had to come out with set plays you know, tomorrow and then you know, guys on yes. the floor. We're uh, hey, going to be a little better. Hey, that Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're great offensive of the team. Probably the best offensive of team in the league. So, you're trying to come out and you know, figure this out. Place uh, it's tough. You know, we had a lot of miscommunication. But, um, both ends on the floor just I mean, They have you know, a team where they have all shoes. There's a couple of big group stops. There's a basketball lot. So we've got to go over tomorrow because it's time to try to figure out. I've to also told. couple It seemed like you
4: were getting a good rhythm with the Omri. I mean, to
6: find out that he's going to be out for a while with a broken thumb. How much does that impact the transition that you've got to try to make? It's tough. He um, can the ball. He you shot know, the ball pretty well tonight. And just, he's going to be out. So he said, you that you he mean, just got he here, which yeah. is tough. You know, it's probably more tough on him. Um, he's coming off an of injury, so you know, we're to try to hold it down for him. He's yeah. yeah. a good guy, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's, ball, it's you got to step up now. Do you think Drew had a particularly tough time finding his way in? I know he had a bunch of turnovers in this one. Um, I think he over-thinking. Um, I mean, it's tough when you have um, two guys who can score the ball alongside you, and you want to give them the ball. A of them, uh, we out, our over, you know, kind, of, kind of start over a little bit. All of that. But
1: When we come back, we'll hear from Daniel Gen- Jeremiah about the NFL Combine.
3: We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. With the new Contour Sports app from Cox, you can watch a game live and track multiple games at once, all right there on your TV. Gone are the days of watching one football game while repeatedly having to check the scores of another game on your phone. The Sports app is part of the new Contour from Cox. Hurry to a Cox Solution store or visit cox.com slash contour to learn more. Cox, official partner and home court champion of the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Salerson.
2: While everyone is still buzzing about the Pelicans, we can't forget about the NFL Combine that is coming up next weekend. Joining me now to discuss is Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel is an NFL Network analyst, and he's the host of the Move the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks, available on NFL.com, NFL Now, YouTube, and iTunes. And, of course, NFL Network provides exclusive live coverage of the 2017 NFL Scouting Combine March 3rd through the 6th. How are you, Daniel? Good to talk to you.
7: I'm doing great. I'm not as uh, great as Pelican fan, so
2: I'll tell you that much. I'm telling you, it's a fun time here in New Orleans, and of course everyone will be buzzing about the Combine next weekend, but first, um, let's talk about that Um, while I have you. Daniel, I feel like there are so many ways now that teams evaluate talent, whether it's the Senior Bowl, Pro Days, and of course the Combine. We see the coverage that your network does every year, and so many people tune in, but I wanted to ask how important the Combine nowadays is for teams as far as evaluating talent.
7: Well, I think the interesting part about the Combine now is I think people have heard over the last you know few years some of the most important things that take place at the Combine we aren't privy to in terms of the medical um, examinations which goes a long way and where these guys can uh, stack up on your board or whether they can't even be on your board. So the medical's big. You look at the interviews they do with teams, um, getting a chance to, to test their football acumen and their personalities, That that's important as well. But I think with the Influx of juniors that we've had over the last few years. I think we had another hundred um, come into this year's draft. The the big thing for a lot of guys is just we don't have verified height weights on these guys. I and mean, we're gonna watch them run. That's big. We'll get forties on all these guys. But uh, a lot of these underclassmen. I mean, you you watch tape on them under the assumption that they're six foot six, three hundred pounds and come to find out they might be, you know, 6'3", 280. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't have any of those official numbers, so that's one of the things with the Combine's great is that we get to uh, to uh officially kind of see what these guys are.
2: I know uh, some players now uh, uh, choose to skip the Combine. How much does it hurt their draft stock to skip the Combine, or is it not that big of a deal?
7: Well, I mean, I think you'll see they'll all be there and get hided and waited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not they want to work out on the field, some of them, you know, they choose not to do so. They like to... uh you know, either sometimes it could be injury-related, but some guys just want to wait till they get to their uh, to their pro day and work out on their campus. So, I've always thought, you know, hey, if you're healthy, um, go for it. I, I don't really see the downside to uh, to working out at the combine. You give yourself two cracks at it. So, um, you know, you don't you have a bad day uh, at the combine, you've got a fallback on your pro day. Um, you, you don't do the combine and then you you have a bad pro day. There's really nothing left for you to do to make that up. So. Um, I think it gives you a couple chances, and I thought that's, you know, if you're healthy, it makes a lot of sense to go out there and and run. And we used to always tell guys in the, in the meeting rooms in the evening, um, especially if we had a wide receiver or a DB, uh, that said they weren't going to run. And uh, we'd say, well, you know, what's the deal? Are you slow? Are you slow? And he said, no, 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 I'm not slow. I said, well, fast guys run fast. That's how that works. If you're fast, why don't you run? Uh, so it was always a little tug of war there.
2: So, uh, with that being said, is it worse to just skip the combine or just have a bad combine, or is, there, is it kind of equal there?
7: Well, I think you go back and I go back and forth on this a little bit. I mean, right. I, I personally believe you give yourself a couple cracks out. You have a bad day. I think of Joe Hayden mm-hmm. um, did not run well at the combine at all, and then he goes to his pro day, ran the four threes, and uh, was drafted high, and has had a really good career. Um so I think he's a great example of hey even if it if it doesn't go well it's not the worst thing that can happen to you. So um I I tend to lean there. Now some other people say if you're not a great tester the theory is I'm not I'm going to run slow everywhere. So I'd rather just run slow once
2: at my, <laughs> at my yeah.
7: pro day as opposed to running slow twice. Uh so that's the other side of it.
2: Uh, let's talk about the combine for a second. In your opinion, which part of the combine is the most important for a player entering the NFL draft and which part is the most overrated when talking about evaluating the talent?
7: Well, I think it's different. I think it's different by position in mm-hmm. terms of what's important. Like to me, um, you know people can can say, ah, oh, the 40 and the underwear Olympics and all that stuff. well for for corners, for cornerbacks, the 40 is huge. I mean you have to meet an acceptable threshold. So um, you know I don't you don't need to go out there and run four, three, five. But in terms of, of somebody that could help or hurt their stock, the 40 for a corner is huge. Um, so to me, like, you go out there and you run 4-7 as a, as a corner, uh, you, you're, in, you're in trouble. So um, that, to me, is a position that, that speed is very, very important. I mean, you if you're a receiver and you run 4-6, you know, not great, but, you know, the guy covering you is running 4-6 too, right? And he, he can't not run faster than you if he's covering you. If you're on defense, and you run four six, and the guy you're trying to cover runs four three, you got a problem. So uh, the forty for those guys is big. Um, I think the quarterbacks may be less important um, in terms of the, the field testing and all that. The most important thing they do is meet with teams mm-hmm. and, uh, and get on the board and show them, you know, how well they know their offense and how well they know football. So that's an important aspect for them. Uh, linemen, you know, the bench will come into play a little bit. We'll get too carried away with that but a lot of the the uh you know the 10 time instead of the 40 time you'll focus on there so for all these different positions um, i think there's a different aspect of it that uh, that carries a little more weight in terms of the most overrated aspect of it mm-hmm. well i mean this is just my, my pet peeve which people won't really care about but the long shuttle mm-hmm. um, there's the 60 the 60 I just I, i've never i've never really been a big fan of that one I don't get a whole lot of, out of that one but uh, I think they want to see if these guys are – if they're in shape and kind of gas them out a little bit.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about the 40 for a minute because I know some people say that, oh, why does the 40 matter so much when these guys are not in pads and there's no players around them? They're not just going to run a straight line down the field when they're playing in the game. Uh, What do you say to those people that say the 40 really doesn't matter in terms of uh, evaluating the talent entering the draft?
7: Well, it it definitely matters because you don't know – you can watch a guy play um, I can watch an entire season of a player. If he's a corner, like, again, I'll go back to that position because it's so important. Yeah. Um, he plays in off coverage in college. He plays in a quarter turn. So he's, he's eight yards away from the receiver. He's got his butt to the sideline, and uh, he's giving him all kinds of cushion. And so that's just the scheme that they play. So now we get to the NFL. We ask him to go up there and play press coverage, which is a lot of what the NFL is. And uh, he gets beat off the line, and he, we find out the kid cannot run and he can't he has no makeup speed that's a major problem so that's something that did not necessarily show up on tape um but does show up when you when you time the 40 the other thing is you might see a guy you know you might be watching a player at uh, louisiana lafayette well he hasn't played against a receiver that can run the whole year he hasn't played against anybody he might not have played against anybody that runs better than a you know four five five so you haven't really seen him been tested to really know if he really can run and he's going to see a lot faster than that at the next level so um, it, it is a very valuable tool
2: How do you feel about the QB class this year heading into the combine? Is there uh, anyone that sticks out to you that could really make an impact right away?
7: I don't think any of them are ready to come in right away mm-hmm. um, I'm, saying I'm kind of having commitment issues with these guys <laughs> I want to I buy in I want to try and find one normally by this time Right, wrong, or indifferent. I've kind of locked in on the the guy that I that I want to go with. You know, maybe um, I don't think he's the best player in the world, but I think he's he's the best player in this group. You know, last year for me that was Carson Wentz. I you know kind of went with him early on in the process and wrote it all the way through. This year I'm just I'm having trouble you know putting myself in that room and saying, man, who would if I had to have one of these guys, who am I going with? Um, I kind of go back and forth. I've had Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, who I think is one of the most talented guys, no question, from Notre Dame as my top quarterback, followed by Mitch Trubisky from North Carolina, followed uh, immediately right after that by Deshaun Watson. They're kind of glumped in there together. Um, but, you know, the more that I've watched the more work that I do, uh, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Trubisky than Kaiser um, as of late. But, yeah, like I said, it, I can't recall a year where at this point in the process I haven't identified my guy.
2: I think the Saints will focus primarily on defense heading into this draft and focusing on that during the combine. Which guys at the combine should fans keep an eye out on next weekend?
7: Well, I think if you're a Saints fan, I mean, you can look in the secondary, look at the look at the corner group in this in this class. I mean, there's the best group of corners, the deepest group of corners I've seen in a long time. Um, I mean, I've got 10 corners in my top 50. So,
2: um
7: some names that you can kind of keep an eye on. It's easy to remember some of these pairs cuz Ohio State's got two. And Marshawn Lattimore, and, uh, and you look at Gary and Conley, are two really, really gifted corners from Ohio State, who I think would be uh, a really, really good fit for what they want there. You look at the University of Florida, they got a couple guys, Tease Tabor and Quincy Wilson, who are both real big corners, who I think would be good options. You got Tradavius White, who everybody down there will be familiar with from LSU, who I think can play inside, outside, and is just a really, really solid player. Um, you got to keep an eye on him. Sidney Jones is another corner from Washington, um, who's who's I think re- really right in their sweet spot with where they're picking, and he's got a teammate as well. Uh, Kevin King was probably more of a second or third round pick, um, but there's uh, for some reason this year we just had some of these college teams that had uh, had not just one corner but two pretty good ones.
2: All right, uh, something to look forward to uh, next week as the combine hits March 3rd through the six that's nfl network analyst daniel jeremiah you can follow him on twitter at move the sticks and listen to his podcast move the sticks with bucky brooks available on nfl.com nfl now youtube and itunes and of course nfl network provides exclusive live coverage of the 2017 nfl scouting combine march 3rd through the six daniel i appreciate the time we look forward to hearing from you again later on down the road yeah i look forward to it have a good one you too all right we'll be back in just a few moments
4: You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loud mouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the family chow chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the San Antonio Spurs Friday, March 3rd. Do Friday right with 80s night at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night.
0: Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report.
1: We're going to wrap things up today on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, heading into a big Pelicans and Mardi Gras weekend with the Pelicans heading to Dallas Saturday night at 7.30 on Fox Sports New Orleans and at OKC Sunday on NBA TV and Fox Sports New Orleans.
2: Two very important games for the Pelicans as they're still luckily two and a half games back as the Nuggets lost to the Kings last night, even though at some point you can't just catch the breaks. You're going to have to make up some ground. But Dallas, again, is uh, right there with the Pelicans battling for that 8th spot. OKC in that 7th spot. Probably not going to catch a 7th spot, but still two chances on the road uh, after a 3-1 and road trip before the All-Star break. Hopefully you can kind of either split this series or win both of these games, but two very important games um, heading into next week when you're back at home for two more.
1: And I think having another practice today, getting to Dallas and having a shoot-around before Saturday night's game will be huge. I think... Any practice time you can get right now to make these adjustments is going to be huge for the Pelicans. You're
2: going to have one game of film to watch, and also some of it you're going to have to throw away because the Rockets are a very good team, and this and the Pelicans don't match up very well against Houston. There's a reason why they're 41-18, so Mavericks are a lot slower of a team, and also you might see the Pelicans change up their pace a little bit. They might realize that with Boogie and AD, you don't necessarily have to pick up the pace as much. You could just throw it down low, and you have two guys that are down there that uh, are going to cause some matchup problems, so a lot of film watching in the practice time, and I guarantee you this team will get better.
1: And Gentry addressed that earlier in the week because he was asked, you like to play fast? And he he corrected the reporter and said, no, I like to play with the players that I have. And the roster up until now has really been sort of geared toward that faster play. Boogie, obviously not the fastest guy, but can also play create some space for shooters outside the perimeter. So maybe a little bit of both there, happy medium.
2: And they still can run. Because Boogie is capable of running up and down the floor. Mm -hmm. It's just if they're in a half-court set, they're not going to force it. And I think some of that happened last night. You saw players forcing up shots four or five seconds into the shot clock. And Alvin Gentry also preaches ball movement. And that did not happen last night. I think a lot of players got frustrated. They started jacking up shots. Cousins took some threes. Frazier took some threes that were uh, probably ill-advised. It's going to take some time. So as much as everyone doesn't want to hear, oh, patience, whatever, you're going to need some patience. And also, you want to see these 24 games are sort of an audition for next year. Mm-hmm. Not really an audition, but next year is key for this Pelicans team. And these 24 games will get you acclimated. you rather have games together now than just a training camp heading into next season. So, patience. As Aaron Rodgers said, I'm not going to spell it out, <laughs> but relax a little bit. We'll be okay.
1: Absolutely. Like we talked about earlier, Dallas will also be looking to add Nolan Snowell into the lineup Saturday night, making his debut as a Maverick. So they'll be making adjustments as well, making adjustments with the loss of Darren Williams. Yogi Ferrell, like we talked about before, he's actually, I love this stat. There are only three players in the NBA this season to have hit at least nine threes in a game this season. Excuse me, there are four, but three of them are Curry, Isaiah Thomas, and Yogi Ferrell. Who would've thought?
2: (laughs) That's a a lot of nice company that he's a part of there. Yeah, that's unbelievable.
1: Obviously only has ten games under his belt, but he's averaging fifteen point five points and five point one assists per thirty six minutes on forty five percent shooting. So if he can continue this for the Mavericks, he will be a huge piece of their future going forward. And I think that's kind of what they're looking to do now. Obviously with Nerland Noel, they got younger and more strong there as well. So the future for the Mavericks could be bright if they can make these pieces work together.
2: And I think that's why Darren Williams was waived. I think they kind of agreed that Darren can pursue a contending team more than the Mavericks. The Mavericks want to play some of those young pieces a little bit more. The Seth Curry's, the Yogi Ferrells, you have Wesley Matthews there. So as you mentioned earlier, the shooters, they have a ton of them and they can shoot just as well as Houston. But yeah, they want to. They kind of want to have that youth movement because eventually Dirk Nowitzki is not going to be there and you're going to have to move on. They're going to start building around Nerlens Noel the Seth Curry's Yogi Ferrell so they're uh, excited for their future but I'm curious to see how it plays out tomorrow especially with uh, Noel not playing with the team today and the Pelicans will have the rest advantage tomorrow so they need to take advantage of that getting off to a good start
1: like you mentioned at the top OKC will also be making adjustments bringing in their new pieces with Todd Gibson and Doug McDermott so at this NBA right after the NBA trade deadline a lot of teams making adjustments these games will be interesting this week We'll wrap things up for today, and then just a reminder: on Monday and Tuesday, there will be no Black and Blue report. As you enjoy your Mardi Gras,
2: we're going to have a little bit of a break. I'm excited. This <laughs> is your first Mardi Gras, too. It is too. my first
1: Mardi Gras. I'm very excited. So hopefully, I'll get to get out and see some parades this weekend in between the games, and we will be back on Wednesday.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.